0: Welcome to QAV 625, TK. It's the 20th of June, 2023. How's how's the weather in Sydney, Tony? We've been blessed. It's absolutely perfect.
1: Beautiful winter weather. Sunny. We haven't had rain in weeks, if not longer. It's lovely.
0: How's Brisbane? Brisbane's been cool. It's been nice. You know, I went down to the park with Fox about five o'clock yesterday afternoon, so we could do the ninja course as he likes to do. Uh time trials on the ninja course. I had to wear a tracksuit. It's the one day of the year I actually wore a tracksuit outside because <laughs> it was a bit a bit nippy.
1: Did you have your best Brisbane tracksuit on? Was it three stripes, two stripes, one stripe?
0: Three yeah, stripes. Yeah. Adidas all the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The full full Adidas, <laughs> man. We're an Adidas family. Chrissy loves nothing more you than getting us all to wear Adidas. What? History, what? <laughs> You know the history of Adidas, don't you? I have read about it, yeah.
1: Yeah. The uh, the, the Nazi history of Adidas. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, the Nazis mm. made all the best stuff, man. This, yeah. Say what you want about the Nazis. <laughs> they had good uniforms. Yeah, they did. Hugo Boss uniforms, you know, yeah. the architecture, uh, mm. Shears architecture. Yeah, true. <clears throat> what I always say is, you know, say what you want about Hitler, but at least he killed Hitler. Um <laughs> the All Lords, Tony, is that a good week?
1: Yes, thank goodness. Finally,
0: it's uh, I feel like it's messing with me a little bit, you know. I'm like, Yeah, mm, I yeah, do too. yeah. You, you want me to take you seriously, but I'm not taking you seriously. You've done this to me before, All Lords.
1: <laughs> no, this time it's different. No, I'm good now. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, um. The, the U.S. market is getting excited that Jerome Powell is going to start to put the brakes on interest rate rises, and which means it brings the interest rate cuts that much closer, so they're all getting excited over there. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I think it'll be an interesting, in, in terms of Australians' point of view, I think it's going to be an interesting earnings season coming up, uh, when is it now, August, so a little over six weeks away, I guess, um, and just to see what kind of effect inflation is having on our companies. Um, and, yeah, where the market goes from there, who knows? Again, people are going to try and look through on crystal ball as to whether inflation is coming down, whether it's being tamed, and therefore whether interest rates are going up or down, and that, that will be the driver of the market, I guess. But, you know, from our point of view, we're just plodding along looking at individual stocks and how much cash they're throwing off.
0: Yeah, I, I, all the analysis I see uh, by the uh, pundits and the forecasters in the Financial Review and places like that are that there's another couple of interest rate rises coming locally from yep. the RBA. Yep. So I know that the market's going to cry in its uh, coffee when that happens. The girl is crying in her mm-hmm. latte, as the Sparks said on their recent uh, song. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's up. I mean, I'm happy for an up week. At least I could buy, yeah, could exactly. buy some stuff this week. I think. Yeah. I finally closed out the light portfolio that I started at the end of last year. It's taken six months to finally get to spend all the money wow. You know, after rule one stuff on a weekly basis and sitting on cash mm. for a long time. And it's funny. We were talking last week about cash, and I want to talk a little bit more about that uh, later on in the show. But here we were last week trying to figure out what to do with all the cash. I've spent it all this week, yesterday <laughs> and today. I've spent all of the cash that I was sitting on in our portfolios because iron ore is a buy. Woo! Yay! How long? (laughs) We don't know.
1: And, again, it's kind of sentiment-driven. The Chinese Communist Party came out and started to talk stimulus packages again for their economy, which the iron ore pundits took as being bullish. Uh, but they all, the CCP also came out and said, hey, we're a bit dependent on australia Australian iron ore. Let's try and find somewhere else to buy it from. So maybe long-term it's not that great. But in the short term, everyone, yeah,
0: went woohoo. <laughs> Did you see the clip I posted on Facebook from the new season of Utopia talking about military expenditure? No. <laughs> it's great. It's Rob Sitch sitting in a room with all of these uh, generals and uh, guys in suits, and they're looking at uh, this massive, um, Military budget increase that we need. We've got to spend billions and billions of dollars. He goes, and uh, why? Why do we need to spend all of this money all of a sudden on defense capability? Oh, to protect ourselves against uh, regional players. <laughs> he goes, well, what, what? 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 Which regional players are we protecting ourselves against? And they're like, oh, just regional players. Uh, you know, no, no, no one specifically. He goes, I'll just say a, I'll say a word. I'll say a country, and if you agree with it, just nod. Uh, and he says, China, and they nod. He says, Right. And uh, why do we need to protect ourselves from China? What is it we're actually protecting? And they go, Oh, just general capability, you know, blah, blah, blah. He goes, Is it what I'll just, just nod if I say something that you agree with? Is it our trade routes? They're all nodding. We need to protect the trade routes. <laughs> right. He goes, and, and who is our number one trading partner in the region? Uh, <laughs> would it be China? Yeah. He goes, So we're spending this money to protect ourselves from China interrupting our trade with China. <laughs> They're like, yep. <laughs> it's like, all right, makes perfect sense now. <laughs> there you
1: go. Yeah, I've seen that one before. I must have seen it on the episode. Oh, that's
0: not a new one? I thought that was a new one.
1: No, it's an old uh, one. Okay.
0: Uh, iron Ore's a buy, so that uh, FEX, uh, FMG on our buy list mm. this week. CCP became a buy, our old friends CCP and <laughs> FMG. It's like gold times. The good old days are back, Tony. It's 29, yeah. 2019 all over again.
1: Well, it's funny. Like After doing this for decades, you do get the same names cropping up on the list all the time. Um, but, but there's plenty of other new ones too, but, yeah, they they fall off, they come back on. They fall off, they come
0: back on. Or skew medals in yeah. the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, or Credit <laughs> card. The other CCP. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's you know, I was able to uh, get rid of nearly, nearly all. There's a few hundred bucks left mm-hmm. in a from the portfolios, but nearly got it all. Um speaking of which, I did post this on their forums, etc. And I spoke to you and I spoke to Stephen Mab after last week's social. We were talking about Stephen Mab's suggestion of that we take our cash and we put it into beta shares, AAA, A, ETF. When I went to do that uh, for the light portfolios last week. Uh, I suddenly realized that you know we're not we're not playing with a lot of money in those portfolios. Mm. We started with twenty grand capital for each of them. and so I'm sitting on two, three, four grand in cash was last week anyway. and I realized that uh, if it's paying a four percent annual dividend less but uh, a small fee uh, and it gets paid out monthly uh, and if I if we were really, Buying and selling shares like these are dummy Mm. portfolios. But if we really were and we had brokerage costs every time we bought and sold something, I needed to factor in the brokerage cost into what you know the amount of money that we're going to get out of this thing. And I did a spreadsheet to work it out and worked out that you know you're doing twenty dollars. Like let's say you're using Self Wealth and it's ten dollars brokerage in and out, so twenty dollars every time you buy and sell uh, one of these ETFs, Uh, and the dividend is returning, um, let's say you put in uh, $3,000, if you bought $3,000 worth of AAA, it would be returning about $2.30 a week. So I'd need to hold it for at least nine weeks in order for the interest, the dividends to cover, neutralize the brokerage costs, let alone profit from it. And you know, nine weeks sounded like a long time for me to be sitting on cash. Um, usually it might be a couple of weeks here or there, but you don't really know. It could be a day, it yeah. could be six months. But I decided, mm-hmm. so I, I spoke to you, I spoke to Stephen Mab, and we kind of agreed that I did the spreadsheet and worked it out. I think the minimum you would need, again, if you're using something like self-wealth or low-cost uh, brokerage play, then you would need to be at least buying $30,000 for it to right. work out if you're holding it for a week. Um, you know, any more right. than that, you're in the money. Um, but, uh, yeah, so just keep a keep a keep keep an eye on that, folks. If you're thinking about, if you have to go to cash again and you're thinking about putting it into something, just make sure you factor in your brokerage costs.
1: Yeah, and the fact that it pays a dividend on a monthly basis and you may not even get a dividend if you only put it in there for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So. All those, all those things are part of the mix. So yeah, it's been interesting. It's um, thanks to Steve to, for highlighting it to us. Um, I guess it's got a place and a use, especially if like these days with interest rates being so high. It's I, I actually wonder if it's four, if it's only going to be four percent paid monthly, that will suit some people. But I was a bit of a dig around on the internet after we had that discussion, and I, I went as far as Macquarie Bank. They're offering five point one percent now, just for depositing for I think it was three months. So there's some certainly some decent interest out there if people have some money they want to tie up for a short period of time right
0: this yeah. is the uh gets back to the yield curve inversion
1: it does yeah the interest rates are rising so deposits are paying more and there's been a deposit war going on we've talked about the mortgage war but there's also a deposit war which Macquarie Bank I think is probably winning which is attracting customers to to their bank away from the other ones mm,
0: chillens. i remember the great deposit war of 2023 <laughs> Well, according to the Financial Review, Tony uh, boards around Australia think we're about to have a recession. We have to have again.
1: Oh, what a terrible term that is! (laughs) We don't don't have to have it. (laughs) Did you see what I posted? There was a graph, and I think it was the Financial Review. Might have been in one of the email services I read, Um, but it said that uh, of the current inflationary amount, there's two types. Of causes for that inflation. One is supply driven, one's demand driven. We spoke about this last week. Supply driven is all the things that we spoke about, which are energy prices and imported goods and things like that, where the price is high. Um, but, you know, and I think transitory, but that's making up more than half of the current inflation, which means that demand driven inflation, which is the cash in people's pockets looking for a place to spend, is only up, it's only 3% of inflation. So, you know, that's within the two to three percent range the RBA's charge with looking at. So why on earth are we raising interest rates to try and kill off something which is transitory when the underlying demand inflation is is probably transitory as well as the COVID cash uh, dries up. But um yeah, it's 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 still within the acceptable range.
0: Yeah, and this article, Tony, I read in the FIN a couple of days ago, um, boards sound alarm on a recession we have to have says directors from major companies, including Telstra, NAB and Coles, warn a recession might be inevitable, but say that avoiding government giveaways and wasteful spending and lifting productivity would lessen its severity. Leading company chairman Graham Bradley has described the economy as poised precariously on the cliff edge of recession. I wonder if ChatGPT wrote that for him. Telstra chairman John Mullen has rated a recession a 50-50 chance and Sydney... (laughs) He's rated at a 50 50 chance. Well, either we're going to have one. Yeah. (laughs) Or we won't have one. Oh, man. That's why he gets paid the big bucks, John Mullen, Tony. That's not everybody can come up with that kind of reasoning.
1: So how come the headline isn't "Large Cap CEO sits on fence" or "Large Cap Chairman sits on fence"?
0: This is why you got fired from being the editor of the Financial Review, Tony. It was when you making those sorts of calls that got you fired. Telstra Chairman said, takes a buck each way, really. He's like, yeah. Look from my from this my position on top of the ivory tower, I can tell you with extreme level of confidence. Uh, we're either going to have a recession or we won't. I mean, it's really that simple. Sydney Hydro Director Tony (laughs) Shepard warned that the resources sector won't save us this time from another recession we may have to have. But later on, it was uh, quoting Boral Director Jacqueline Chow, and um, it also said, Miss Chow, a director of Coles, Charter Hall, Boral and NIB, I was like, can't she get a real job? She's a director of four companies, yeah, that a real really? Job. That is a real job. <laughs> Just director of everything? Yeah. Yeah. She has. Do you think she has separate business cards for each one of those? She's made it into the director's club. Ah, uh, the director's club.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's the one where if there's a vacancy, they ring up and say, yeah, oh, this uh, this person is on your board. How does she vote? With you or mm. against you? Mm. Oh, always oh, with us. Oh, great. You're hired. You're on our board too. <laughs>
0: Not casting any aspersions Osman, yeah, you're speaking no, 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 generally, no. Yeah, 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 broadly. That's what happens. Since she had shifted from a quiet confidence Australia would not experience a recession to a moderate concern that it would. A moderate but, concern. A moderate, so, so the yeah. headline
1: is <laughs> <laughs> Director in Search of a Day Job calls moderate concern on the economy. <laughs>
0: Representative of the gig economy, Miss Chow, <laughs> who has four jobs because she can't get paid enough from one, says. But she later on she says the federal government needed to avoid making inflation a self reinforcing problem, including with budget measures to help support households. So I I thought that spoke to your comments over the last few weeks about it being a self reinforcing problem. RBA well, raising interest um, rates, but
1: it's the, it's the RBA raising interest rates that I think is the flywheel that's reinforcing it. It's not the government helping people who, you know, are on very low incomes either get a basic wage rise or get some energy um, cost reduction through some handouts. I think that's exactly what should be happening. The RBA shouldn't be raising interest rates, I think, is the problem.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. But as you said earlier, we just keep doing what we're doing, trying to find companies that generate a lot of cash that we can buy at a discount. Mm Yep. Another article I read in the Fin. Meet the young investors who are semi-retired at 27. Um, I'm not one of those, but um, it it, uh, it just has some more stats on investing in this country that I thought were interesting. We've seen a couple of these in the last uh, couple of weeks. Where's the interesting bit here? Um, ah, the ASX this is based on an ASX study. Um, you know, instead of spending time replacing chess, they they decided they go to a study. Uh, I wonder if they used blockchain to do this study. The ASX study found 57% of lapsed investors pulled out due to changes in personal circumstances, and among female investors, most, 48%, said they would consider returning to investing when they had fewer financial commitments. I find that's the way life works. I always yeah. have fewer well, financial commitments. How much did the ASIC really- spend on that research?
1: <laughs> I stopped investing because I can't afford
0: it. <laughs> no, they did. They <laughs> Is there another reason? <laughs> Pay for it with, with Bitcoin, Tony. It's all good. Of the lapsed investors, 21% plan to return in the next 12 months, up from the 16% with that plan in the 2020 report. Ms. Lee plans, as they're talking to you? Ms. Lee plans to return to the share market in the next month or two I'll think I'll go more towards ETFs at this point, she said. Um, so I you know, um, uh, I thought this is interesting because we've we've talked a lot about this um over, I guess, the last few months. The market's been tough. We were talking about this off-air. It's been a you know, I think the when I looked the other day, the ASX or the all odds was down six percent over the last two years. Um it's It's been like one step forward, two step backwards and I think all of us have felt the pain in our portfolios. I know you have, I have. It's been really hard. We, what did you call it before? The rule one death spiral. Yep. You buy something and then you have to sell it because the market yep. goes backwards and then it goes back up and you buy it again and the market goes down <laughs> and again you buy it and then yeah. it goes down. And It's been uh, sort of a crazy period. Um, but people tend, you know, I guess it's human nature. If you don't have a system, people just tend to throw their hands up in the air and go, "Oh, this is not working out. This is too hard." And they, I'll go back in when the market's settled down. I'll get, I'll start investing again when the market's settled down. But uh, as we know, you only really know that the market has settled down once you have some hindsight, right? Six months right. later, yeah. you go, "Oh, like." we were joking before that the all Lords has been up this week or over the last 7 days and it's done that before and then turned around but at some point it will keep going up Correct. and it won't be until 3 months later you'll go oh shit look at that it's been it's kept run. going up yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's i mean you can get in then but uh you, you've missed out on Ooh. a lot of that early upside Ooh. and and that's the classic
1: um Retail investor mistake of selling low and buying high.
0: Yeah, and yeah, you, know, you go, oh well, you know my portfolio is down five percent or ten percent over the last two years, but you'll make that up and then some when the market turns around. You've just got to be in it when the market turns around. Correct. You could make it all up in a month. Yeah, <laughs>
1: the market turns quickly. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And you and you won't be able to pick it as you say. So yeah, that's why we
0: always try and stay invested. And for people who are new listeners and haven't heard Tony talk about his history uh, of annual returns. I actually dug it up the other day and I posted it on the about page of our website um, to make it easy to find. Cause every time people ask me for it, I can never f- remember where I put it. Um, so if you go to QAV podcast, go to QAV oh, your, your,
1: your chat GPT just went, Hey, <laughs>
0: Uh that was a three body problem as the aliens have intercepted right. our communications. Mm. If you go to qavpodcast.com.au slash about and you see Tony's returns over 20 odd years, we've posted them up there. You see that there are you know good years, bad years, great years, and terrible years. And um you just gotta yeah stick around for the good years <laughs> right <you> don't <laughs> know make when up they're for coming.
1: It. like every year the fin review will do an article where they they poll the top 50 economists and stock pickers as to what they think the ASX will be at the end of the year you know it's a dartboard toss it's like you know there's no relation to what happens so you can't you can't know on January 1 whether to invest or not you've got to just keep investing
0: yeah keep following the system Mm. And uh, you'll get there in the end. But it's a it's a long, it's a long race. And Absolutely. this has been a particularly tough couple yeah. of years, as I was saying. It's yeah, the market's been down for a couple of yep. years now.
1: And it may get tougher if we do go into recession. I flagged that, you know, quite openly yeah. now. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I just wanted to touch on that. Oh, it also said high value investors also be apprehensive about risk. While operating with significantly larger portfolios, 1.45 million compared with 45,500, the survey found Australia's high-value investors defined as the top 10% of investors by wealth and trading volume are also worried about risk. More than one-quarter of high-value investors want guaranteed returns, up from 9% in 2020. Gee, well, I they're
1: going to get it because, like I said, you can... You can... Sniff around the ETF market at the moment and find some private debt ETFs, and they're going to return you high numbers. You can put your money into Macquarie Bank term deposits and get 5.1 percent, risk-free. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's out there if you want it, but that's not how we make money.
0: Yeah, it said while 66 percent of high-value investors were willing to accept high or moderate variability in exchange for greater potential returns in 2020 by 2023, that had fallen to 48%. So from two thirds to less than half of high value investors, uh, now, you know, whatever, whatever, 26, 20%, roughly 20% less, are uh, looking for security, guaranteed returns rather than a little bit of risk and reward. Mm -hmm. So that's where we are in the market at the moment, according to the ASX study people are people are nervous people are uh feeling like they don't know what the future holds but we are lucky because we do know what the future holds um skynet but apart from that it's also (laughs) (laughs) we know that the market always turns around uh we just need to be in it to win it yeah
1: and it might go down first so who knows we know when we say we know what the future holds, we know what the future holds in the next 10 or 20 years. If we, you know, keep yeah. investing, we don't know what it's yeah. going to hold next year.
0: No. no, but we know that if we just manage our downside, keep investing in undervalued companies, so we can get them at a discount. Then, uh, well,
1: we don't even know what's going to I should I should stop myself there. We don't even know what's going to happen in 20, 10 or 20 years. We just know that historically, this is the best place to invest our money.
0: Yeah. yeah. And we know that historically, the market goes in cycles. Correct. Yep. May not always go in cycles. We can't absolutely know that 100. percent But at least for the last hundred years, that's what's happened. Hmm. It's gone in cycles. Right? Hmm.
1: I have right. one article I wanted to mention before we leave the news section. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just uh, I'll, <laughs> I could get on a soapbox about it, but I'll read the headline and leave it there. Levy. The headline is from the Fin Review today. Levy slams ALP's bizarre failure on financial advice. Labor's bizarre failure to meaningfully reform the financial advice sector is leaving younger Australians stranded without guidance in a soaring property market and cost of living crisis, the lawyer who led the review into the system has warned. Michelle Levy said Financial Services Minister Stephen Jones's plan to adopt only 14 of the review's 22 recommendations would change very little about the affordability or accessibility of advice. A lack of clarity would also stymie innovation in digital advice by local outfits and stop gig overseas, big overseas players from investing in Australia, she said. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of this guy, and I think he's... hes Every government has a minister for donations, and in this case the Labor government's the big donor base, so well, it's the trade unions but also the industry super funds, and the review looks like favouring cheap advice only being available through industry super funds, and I'm a big fan of industry super funds. They've done tremendous things for for workers in Australia or anyone in Australia and the economy. But um, you know, playing politics like this, I think, is a real shame. And we've heard this from our own members. You know, if they want to set up an SMSF and they have to go and get a financial advisor to sign off on on something that costs four thousand dollars for a signature, that's that's a big friction in the economy which we can just do without the levy. Review would have gone a long way to stopping that. Um, I think AI will go a long way to stopping that if it's allowed, but it looks like that won't happen now. So um, it's a a real shame this review's been squibbed, and I'll leave it there.
0: You don't think AI will be allowed?
1: No, I think what's going to happen is industry super funds will be the only people allowed to offer financial advice cheaply to people, to their members.
0: I don't know how they're going to stop AI from giving people financial advice. Yeah, well, who do you find? yeah
1: when when asic comes around and says hey you've been recommending stocks without a license (laughs) what do you do mr gpt yeah (laughs) sorry Mm. does not compute
0: (laughs) i'm sorry dave i'm afraid i can't do that
1: (laughs) computer says no
0: yeah all Mm. right anything else or you want to do your pulled pork i no, that's it pulled pork pulled
1: pork today is an interesting one actually i Went through the list, and and as I said before, there are some uh, items higher on the uh, – some stocks higher on the buy list than the one I'm going to talk about, but I have talked about most of those before, so as you were saying before, Credit Corp's back on. Um, Virgin UK, I think I saw, was back on this week. Um, I've done a pulled pork on those. So I've gone down the list a little way, although not too far, and I'm going to review a company I don't know much about, um, so it's a, it's been a good um, – exercise for myself. The, the company is called Viva Leisure Group. VVA is the code. And we shouldn't confuse it with uh, VEA, which is the Viva Energy Group, which is the shell network of, and refineries. But uh, And it's unusual to see uh, the same trade name like this dropping up a couple of times because normally the trademark register would stamp that out. But anyway, they must have sorted something out. Viva Leisure Group is not the network of shell service stations. It's a fairly large network of gyms in, um, operating in Australia, New Zealand, and apparently they even have some franchise locations in India. So that was surprising to note. This one is a small ADT stock. They're trading at 43000 um, da- a day on average. But I, I just... Something about, like, as, as we'll see as I go through this analysis, it suggests that that might change because the share price is off about two-thirds from its high a couple of years ago, and it's just starting to turn up again now. Um, and as you'll see from the analysis, there are some reasons for that. So 43000 might be too small for some of our listeners now, but it may grow. So watch this space um, Uh, in the coming months and maybe even years Uh, so in terms of the business there's 160 locations which viva operates themselves 160 gyms and they're also they also have a franchise network they're the master franchise all for uh, and they're called the plus fitness group and there's some 175 franchise locations for them as i said before mainly in australia but also new zealand and india and just one thing about about new zealand and india it's um Expanding overseas for Australian companies has often been a, a graveyard because, uh, apart from anything else, just that extra travel component for management can can cause problems in in terms of keeping your eye on the ball. Like it's, technology certainly moved ahead a lot in, since COVID, and we can do Zoom meetings now with you know people in India running gyms, but you, you never know unless you fly out there and have a look whether you know the the actual gym behind the zoom call was actually not a mess and whether or not there's a competitor opened up across the street etc so there's nothing nothing replaces the the australian management from going around and having a look at these places overseas um except the the time and effort to fly to get over there so new zealand's not too bad it's it's in terms of travel time it's about the same as perth so it does add you know it's a 4 hour flight so you do lose kind of half a day at least if not a full day travelling to have a look at those locations india Um, You probably could string something together from Perth and make it maybe a seven-hour flight. but
0: You just get your guy to get Zoom on his phone and walk around the gym and then walk outside and show you what's on the other side of the street, walk up and down the street with his phone?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's (laughs) – and, and, you know, the business graveyards with companies that have relied on that, and then when they actually find out why they went broke, it's because the guy showed you the side of the street he wanted you to see and not the other side of the street where, you know, a a big – US franchise had just opened up in competition with him. So,
0: anyway, um, Google Maps Street View, Tony, there's my tip. Street View, you can look around. Yeah, satellites,
1: man. Look, I'm going to list it as a risk. I'm not saying they can't overcome it and it's not working for them, but I've seen it before when they start to, when companies
0: feel the need to grow. And that's the end of the free episode of QAV for this week. If you're a new listener, I just should let you know how this works. So We have a free episode every week, runs for about half an hour. We have a premium episode also every week. It goes for another 30 to 60 minutes, depending on how many questions we get. It's where Tony answers questions from our club members. If you want to check out the premium episodes and all the other benefits of being a QAV club member, which is access to the checklist and and the Bible, and uh, the private Facebook groups, and the other comms channels that we have, invites to the dinners, Zoom calls, etc., etc., uh, sign up for the two-week free trial and check it all that stuff out. You can do that at qavpodcast.com.au. Look for the um, free trial button there. And if you uh, like the idea of value investing QAV style, but don't feel like you have the time or resources to uh, you know learn how to do QAV for yourself. Think about signing up for QAV Lite. That's our relatively new service where we send you the stock tips every week. And then we also monitor those stocks in a portfolio. And if they become a sell, we email our QAV Lite members and tell them that it's time to sell that stock and what to replace it with. Um, Check that out too. Um, It's sort of a low effort way of doing QAV. Still better if you know how to do it yourself, I think, because Tony could get hit by a bus and then where are you? But, you know, while he's not, (laughs) we can do this. So check that out, QAV slash light, L-I-G-H-T. That's it. Um, If you don't want to sign up to any of those, just keep listening to the free episodes. And if you have any questions, uh, shoot me an email. You'll find that on our website too. All right. Have a great week and good luck with your investing.